Welcome to the Labour Life Podcast, a podcast series by EallStartsHere.sg, a community-based platform where any Singaporeans can talk to a trained listener and genuinely share about their problems without any fear of judgement. In this podcast series, hosted by one of our HearBuds Magic Bowl, we hope to create meaningful conversations around mental health through the stories of Singaporeans, ordinary Singaporeans like you and me, but who struggled through the so-called labour life. In doing so, we hope to raise awareness of mental well-being and break down the stigma surrounding mental health. So, let's start here. Okay, alright. Good evening, viewers out there. Thank you for joining us uh, live at Facebook and Instagram today. Uh, I hope your midweek has been an awesome as mine. <laughs> and a few more days to the Chinese New Year and uh, I hope and I can't wait for the festivities to begin. So as you know, today's conversation is about uh, mental health. So with the ongoing pandemic affecting the mental health of people from different walks of life, uh, I feel this conversation is apt. Uh, as I have with me today, special guest who is an advocate of mental health, let us meet Dr. Wan Rizal, Advisor, Jalan Besar, GRC. Thank you, Hakim. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, maybe, Dr. Wan, I know that you are an advocate of mental health. Maybe yep. you can tell us a bit more about what you do. Uh, so, what I do, so you're absolutely right. I'm the MP for Jalan Besar, GRC. Uh, at the same time, I'm also a senior lecturer at Republic Polytechnic where I teach uh, human motor control and learning. So, basically, uh, it's the boring stuff. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure my students uh, enjoy it, right? So anyway, uh, my, my, I've also taught a range of topics. Uh, I think the area I'm in is actually a mix between psychology and biomechanics. So that's when I think that, that uh, the interest in psychology and mental health uh, comes into play together. Uh, so for me, I would say I'm a very simple person. So other than uh, my work and and uh, my constituency work, and I'm also a father of four children, and uh, wow. I think I think that really sums up how I live life, lah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I also have with me here today Hen Ping, uh, my colleague and co-founder of It All Starts Here. Uh, Hen Ping, maybe uh, you want to tell us more about what is this It All Starts Here? If you can see on the screen, uh, we are here, but so maybe Hen Ping, you want to exp uh, explain more on our platform and our concept. Yep, yep. So it all starts here, SG is, uh, we, we started quite recently around September last year. It's a mental health platform and community. We wanted to be able to create something that anybody out there can reach out and talk to someone about their struggles. Uh. Um, and, and we actually did this through this service called HearBuds. It's run by volunteers who are all trained to listen, uh, you know, provide help and understanding of people's troubles. A lot of them have gone through their troubles themselves, mm. like, like myself, you know, Hakim as well. Um, so Maybe we, you can share about it later also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. And you too. Oh, you know, sure, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably it, Hakim. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So thanks, thanks, Tanping. So, so yes, we all are uh, a ground-up initiative. Uh, it all starts here. Mm. So um, I, I'm also here, but same like Hanping. Yeah. So, and we, we both are assisting in uh, like outreach, and uh, the 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 um, advocating of uh, mental health lah. Yeah. So so that's what we do as uh, here buds and as uh, it all starts here. Yeah. So maybe if you if you all guys have just joined us, uh, if you can like and share, you know, uh, from uh, the Instagram or for Facebook from Facebook uh, Doctor One's Facebook. We are live on his Facebook and he is also live on his IG. So all his followers are there looking at him. That's only him, like So you, you guys from Doctor One's uh, uh, IG cannot see both of us. So if you want to see how we look like, maybe you can tune into the uh, Facebook of Doctor One. <laughs> yes, please share the share the glory. Yeah. <laughs> so so for today's uh, live live stream, we have also uh, the it all starts here .sg, uh, IG. Mm. So those of you followers out there uh, from our it all starts here .sg, if you have any questions feel free to actually uh, put it into the comments, yeah? So maybe, Dr. Wan, before we, we, we start, uh, yeah. you know, I've always, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm your follower, so I've Thank you. seen, <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen your IG stories every time. So, you know, um, your IG stories always about you teaching, uh, you um, attending your residence at Kolamaye, and, um, you know, 
exercising every morning yep. as well as you know spending time with your family so maybe tell us more how do you cope all this uh, there's no secret to that uh, there's no secret ingredient to that you know uh, it's really about how you prioritize but to be honest uh, maybe i can see a bit about the, the exercise for example i think it's all started from uh, my want to really want to be a bit more healthy in that sense you know i always talk about mental health but we all know that it's not just about mental health uh, the other parts of uh, health that's also important and physical health plays a key role in that so it's important that you know we we actually have a balance so i thought you know i was struggling my weight and in fact if i don't know whether you you remember i was going to hit 80 kilograms and i thought it was not healthy <laughs> uh, so i i went on to to do some exercise and i told myself you know I, let's get you know whoever wants to follow me do this journey together i think it's important that we create a support network and i will can talk about this before mental health aspect itself but i think the moment you have people who are uh, who likes it and they enjoy the content and they want you to you know it, it becomes a, a action perception thing people see and they want to do it and uh, and what their actions of motivating you to do keeps you wanting to do it so i'm, I'm quite happy what's happening i think i'm losing weight quite a bit uh, but i think that's not the focus la. i think the idea here i want to share is that uh, we have different platforms to engage people and i think uh, like what you all do it, it all starts here i think it's a very interesting platform from what i hear i think we all need this kind of avenues you know to mm. outreach to the different segments of people and get them to be excited at your content not everybody will like your content you no know, but there will be a segment of people who will like your content mm. and i and i think that's where i see that value in you all here so i, I wish you all the best really and uh, hopefully you can tell me more about what you all do yeah, and some yeah. stories later yeah thank you dr wan so maybe Dr. Wan, um, you have been advocating on improving care and support uh, for Singaporeans' mental health yep. uh, since you entered Parliament, um, focusing on three areas because I've seen also inside your Instagram, uh, the three areas are identification, uh, infrastructure and cost. So we thank you for that. Maybe can you share more about this this thing, this yeah, tree? Yeah, I, I would love to share on that. But before that, let me share. So so this was part of my latest adjournment motion that I did last year in October in conjunction with a World Mental Health Day uh, month, you know. And I thought that it would be great if we, I could uh, do an adjournment motion mental health then. But I actually did one the year before. When I first came into parliament, uh, they asked me to do an adjournment motion. So I thought, let's talk about mental health. Uh, to be honest, I did not come with an idea of wanting to champion mental health at all. But I felt at that stage with the pandemic going on, I think it was apt that we put it into play. Uh, but then again, you know that the pandemic is just one event. But pre prior to that, there were already mental health issues that were happening. It's just that we, you know, we didn't take it seriously and all that. So in fact, in my first, men in my first uh, German motion on mental health, it was also in October, I remember, and it was just nice. I did not plan for it, but I think it came out nicely. Uh, I came out with an acronym back then called LAST LAST mm. because, you know, I was the last speaker. And back then, I was already 10 plus, you know, mm. I remember. Uh, so, so what's LAST? The, L, the first thing we talk about is uh, literacy. So when I talk about literacy, it's really about getting people to understand what is mental health, you know. My idea is that if you want to create a destigmatization of mental health, for people to accept, we actually need to get people to know mm. what mental health is all about. Mm. But the idea that I had in my mind was if everybody uh, you know, how, knows how to apply a mental health first aid, you know, then I think it'll be easier for us. You know, sometimes we fall down and get cut. And if you have a first aid kit, it's easy for someone to administer you know, and, 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 and clean up the wound for you. But for mental health, because you don't see it, it becomes a problem. But we want that to be to be around. That means if someone has a mental health issue, someone can quickly be the first person to intervene and help that person to seek help in the future. So the literacy part, I felt, was very important because if we can start with all the schools now, our children, if they have the capacity to understand mental health issues, by the time they grow older, we do not have this problem of mental health stigmatization. You know. Mm -hmm. So I thought the literacy part was very important. Uh, the second part was accessibility, which is also similar to what I talked about this year. I thought we really needed to improve or increase the number of accessibility points, you know, touch points for people to come in. So I always had this idea that if someone has a mental health issue, and I think I met uh, three or four uh, mental health uh, uh, people with mental health issues prior to I 
make my speech and I did mention them in my German motion. So what happened was uh, when I had a chat with them, all of them shared with me, you know, how difficult it is for them to make that first step to get for help. Yeah. Because for them, it has you have to go to IMH. Mm. And the idea to just go to IMH to get help was very daunting. Mm. And, and that's why I think we should increase the number of accessibility points. And true enough, uh, MOH has actually increased the number of these touch points. So if you uh, go to a polyclinic, now they can do that first level of support. The GPs also, they do, can be that first level of support. I think this is important because if people have easier, more accessible touch points, it's easy for them to intervene early, then it can stop them from getting uh, a, a bigger issue in, in the future. So I thought that was equally important to have the accessibility point. So uh, S was for screening. So L-A-S, so screening. So I felt that, you know, like physical health, we go for screening often, right? You want to find a job, you go for screening. Uh, when you are in school, previ previously you had screening itself too. And I think screening plays an, a very important point because uh, that's really one of the other way we can actually help people early mm. to intervene. Because sometimes you don't know that we have it until we go through something. And uh, it's very easy for us to just say, no, maybe it's not mental health. Maybe I'm just sad and I'm just feeling very, very sad or I have no explanation. The thing is, usually those who have mental health issues, they do not know how to explain the situation they're in. They, they feel lousy, but they don't really know why and how. And, and that's why I think if we have a proper screening mechanism, and in my mind, I was really thinking of uh, uh, kids and I was thinking of uh, mothers. Mm -hmm. and especially for those who go through postnatal uh, blues, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that uh, is, is something that we should intervene early. And I'm glad, I'm glad that the government actually through MOH have actually announced that we now have a child and a maternal uh, program that aims to help uh, this group of people. So I think it's fantastic that mm -hmm. we now have lots of uh, things coming up to support. And uh, I'm happy to see this progress. It's, it's a matter of us putting it forward and getting people to know so they can get help. Uh, and LAS, so there's a T, right? Yep. What's the T? Let me check my T. Oh yeah, so T is for timeouts. <laughs> you read my mind. I wanted to say timeout. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm speaking too long, right? I know. <laughs> uh, but, but really, timeouts is, is really something that I felt is important because when I was teaching in schools, I noticed that our students, when they feel, or even for myself when I was studying, when I feel uh, it's getting a bit too much for me, you just don't go to class anymore. The problem is that when they don't go to class, we do not know whether they have a mental health issue or they're not feeling well for, for any other reason, they have other problems. Uh, but a timeout, an official timeout will tell me that you need this break. And this is because that you need a mental health break. And it becomes a marker for me, you know, to know that, okay, you need a mental health break. Uh, we allow for that, that timeout. And we do not judge you. But if you need it to take a few more times, then you know that you are in our radar and we will need to get help for you. And I think this is something that uh, in, I hope that could encourage uh, people to come out and, and just say that, you know, I need a break and uh, we allow for that. Mm -hmm. So this time was, of course, was meant for school, but I think mm -hmm. it's also good to have it at workplace, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, for you to take a break away from work. Uh, I think everybody needs that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing should stop us from, from telling ourselves what's good for, for, own, for own mind and our own uh, self. So I think timeouts are something that I, I hope we could work on further in the future. Mm. And, and to be honest, the German motion that I had last year was also based on this. So we talked about accessibility, we talked about infrastructure. Uh, but I think I want to take two points from, from all that three. Uh, the IIC, uh, which is uh, first and foremost, we want to build this whole of society approach. Mm. I think we must understand that mental health issue uh, is not just one person's problem. Mm is actually a societal issue that we want to help each other out. If we think that uh, a person who has a mental health issue needs help and uh, we just send them for, for treatment, I think that is not the right way. I think we need to create that, 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 that environment where we can help each other. So at the workplace, I think that's one example where I feel it's important to have that uh, a support system. And beyond that, I thought it would be important that uh, for me, as a grassroots advisor, within our own grassroots, within our own community, we have what we call uh, community leaders who are in tune with mental health and they can actually be the first level. They are not going to solve your problem, but at least they can be the first responder uh, 
Hmm. They can be the first person to engage. Hmm. And of course, they will make the reference to a professional afterwards. Hmm. So I thought that was an important part. The second thing I think is equally important is the idea of cost. I think uh, I, many mental health, uh, people with mental health actually approached me and told me that the real issue is actually about the cost itself. Uh, not just the payment for treatment, uh, but after effects. When you want to have insurance, for example, they, they go into a roadblock and, and, and so on and so forth. So I think these are issues that I think we want to help them further. And I'm glad that the government are actually doing more mm -hmm. uh, for them. And I think this is something that we, we look forward to more support in terms of cost, in terms of infrastructure. And uh, hopefully, you know, with all these advocates that are on the ground, people like uh, you all uh, and many others, I think we can only push mental health uh, destigmatization further and uh, hopefully you know that next generation our children who are growing up they understand mental health issues better I mean one day when they do become bosses they will create the environment that you know we have a space that everybody can share their issues and we can help them mm. I think that is long term but I think it all starts here that's right, it all starts no intended, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our, our brand name is very apt. <laughs> you know, okay, talking about accessibility, right? So maybe, uh, yeah. you want to explore more on this accessibility aspect? Sure. I actually want to touch on two points that you just mentioned okay. from the last literacy mm -hmm. and accessibility. accessibility. Yep. Yep. So as like Hearbuds, we, we actually talk to quite a lot of people every week. Yep. Um, these people have shared with us quite a, quite a whole range of kind of mental health struggles that mm. they're going through. Yeah. But we find that actually, um, when, we, when we sort of ask them, hey, how come you didn't go, and go for counselling or therapy, right? Yeah. Something more um, higher level in terms of sharing your struggles and seeking help. I think they come back with a few points. I think the first point was that a lot of people don't think of their problems as something that they will seek therapy for. For example, a breakout, burnout from work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Second point was cost. You mentioned it's too expensive. Mm -hmm. Some of them have finished university; they're in the workforce, and suddenly have to pay for their own therapy, and that's expensive. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And the last one is also there are people who are undergoing therapy, but they come and talk to us in between the sessions because it can be quite infrequent. You know, once a month. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. yeah. I just talked to someone like that probably Monday, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I guess on that note. Cost as well as the perception of therapy seems to be a barrier for a lot of people out there. Yeah. I mean, what yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, it all boils down to stigmatization. Yeah. How we actually see mental health. Yeah. So if I, if I can give you an example of how mental health at work happens. You know, sometimes at work, mm. you know, we, we, we do our work. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you do feel the pressure. And when the plate gets too full, because of the stigmatization, that fear of telling your boss that hey, it's a bit too much for me. Mm. Uh, you know, can you reduce it? It's seen as a point of weakness. Yeah. And then the first thing you know, your performance bonus gets cut. Mm. Or something like that. And that fear, I think, seems to be uh, apparent in most. But, but, but it goes two ways, you know. Uh, this is where I feel it's important that we take charge of our lives. You know, and... And if you feel it's a bit too much and the company is not able to, I, I think this is where you need to be able to share and have that platform for discussion. Uh, I, I know now with, uh, uh, with our workplace support, uh, there's a, a lot more mental health workplace uh, support. Uh, I believe last year, I think MOM had actually launched uh, one of these advisories where people uh, can refer to. Yes. And I think many of the companies now hit that. And I think it's important that... Uh, uh, these kind of advisories out there and uh, it helps uh, in the sense that you know, people know that you know, at least now there is an avenue for us to, to, to get help or avenue or platform for us to talk to our bosses and, and get it done. So I'm glad to know that you know, we are all stepping up in, in, in every front. So uh, to be honest, I was really heartened when I saw the MOM uh, advisory. I thought it was, it was in the pipeline. It was not perfect. But it was something that it really needed, hmm. especially when you're working from home and, and, and the different kind of pressures that COVID brings in. But it goes beyond that because, you know, for the longest time, we've worked beyond our working hours. And I think, <laughs> Tell me about it. And, uh, and, but it goes both ways, you know. It's you wanting to do it because you can say no. Hmm. Uh, but it's, it's, So again, it goes both ways. It's not about just one person. Yeah. I think whatever we do, I think we always have to remember that it's about 
it is you, it could be the boss, but at the end of the day, it's how uh, the environmental uh, uh, perception is like, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is what drives change. Mm -hmm. uh, so we got to get that right. So I think the government has done its part by giving the advisory. Uh, it's up to the companies to adopt it if they want to. And of course, it's for the employer to also share that they have a problem. Because sometimes it's just us. Mm -hmm. We do and do and we just don't tell them that it's a bit too much on our plates. Uh, but I'm pretty sure, I think with uh, the amount of work that we have done on the mental health front, uh, I'm quite confident that I think uh, the perception has somewhat changed a bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we are more accepting or at the very least individuals now take charge of how they want to lead their lives, in that mm. sense, yeah. Okay. Actually, can I ask a follow-up question? Oh, sure, that? sure, yeah. go ahead. I don't know whether I answered the first question, <laughs> but I'll take it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, mental health in the workplace is so important, right? So many of us spend most of our lives working. Um, how well do you think our Singapore employers and bosses, you know, will, will take on this, this initiative? Uh, to, to be fair, I think yeah. only recently we saw, like you mentioned, the pandemic is the one that really uh, made mental health more apparent mm. but it's always been there mm. it's always been there in fact you know we've been working for so many years mm. and uh, you know it's been there all the time uh, the the pressure that comes from ranking mm -hmm. uh, the pressure that comes from different stakeholders uh, i was a teacher i know the pressures a teacher have it's mm. not just uh, uh, your students it's your students parents you know at the same time uh, but it's all about relationship no? the moment you have a very strong relationship between your stakeholders between what you do it becomes something easier so you are absolutely right. Have things changed? I think we are moving towards the right direction. Will it be instantaneous? It might not. But I do believe that if we start now and we start with that literacy that I mentioned about. So I just want to add here that MOE has done a good job mm. to introduce now uh, mental health literacy in the CCE program. CCE programs, correct? CCE, yeah. yeah. CCE. And, and it's in the secondary school syllabus and all that. And eventually it'll be in the primary school syllabus. But I think this is important. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I can tell you that right now, you look slow, but the moment the next generation, they know that mental health is of a certain importance and we have put this in the syllabus, one day when they do become bosses, mm. they'll create the environment, they know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and between each other, that's when we have already created a system. Mm. So when people say, well, how come you all make policy changes, it takes so long for it to happen? It's just that behavioral changes sometimes don't happen overnight. Uh, you know, mm. uh, there needs to be a lot of effort, uh, but time is really a factor uh, for us to change mindsets. I'll give you an example. Uh. Many years ago, uh, when I started teaching, the focus on special needs was not there. You know, yeah. uh, and, and, but that has changed. Why? Because the moment I remember my students, mm. they were very accommodating to their friends who have mental, uh, sorry, who were special needs. Special needs. Uh, I'm not just saying about. Uh, uh, those with ADHD also, you know, they're moving around, they're disturbing the class. You find them naughty students, but actually they do have an issue. But they are so accommodating, you know, the students. But these same students, as they grew up, their acceptance of special needs has grown. And that's why special needs now is really widely accepted. Because we created that, that mm. structure, that important foundation that grows. And that's why I feel education plays a very big role. And I'm glad that the MOA has taken a step to actually include literacy inside. So I'm confident moving forward it may seem slow to everybody right now but to be honest i'm very uh, optimistic that the, our future is very bright if we set the right tone from now onwards mm. uh, so those are my thoughts yeah. Yeah. wonderful answer yeah. thanks for sharing so dr wan uh, i hear you talking about perception stigma so uh, you once quote, quoted this uh, misconception it is common for us to label people with mental health issues as highly emotional mentally weak, crazy, or even naturally violent, and we stay away from them. So, um, for us, uh, we have completed actually six uh, interviews with various um, uh, topics on mental health um, from perspective of our earbuds, as well as uh, people who are used to being uh, labelled, which is really apt for this conversation. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts about people who live with a mental health label, uh, is it a good or a bad thing? I mean, labels in the first place are bad, right? But labels is a human nature you know, to label things uh, hot and cold. We categorize things a lot. It's just that sometimes it gets too pervasive mm. and sometimes it gets too, and I must say, wrong. Yeah. And uh, in this case, when you label someone with mental health issues, 
two things happen. I think number one, uh, at this current point, again, it depends on the environment. The current environment is when you label someone mental health, people will stay away. Mm. People will, in a way, do not want to you know work with you, knowing that you have certain issues. But if we are in another environment where there's more accepting, a label actually mm. helps. So, for example, I, I over the years and most recently, I've had a number of students who also have mental health issues. How does a label can help? A label can help a person like me who teaches, and I know that my student has that label. And, and it's not that I go to class and hey, don't disturb him or her, he got mental health issues. No. Mm. But as, a, as someone who is going to deal with that person every day and uh, who curates lessons to suit the students, it gives me a rough idea how I want to engage them. You know, so you don't throw them right in front of the class in the first day. You know that they take some time and the approach has to be slightly different. Uh, but you treat everybody still the same, you know, at the same time. Mm. So label can be a good thing. Mm. It's, not, it's not just a bad thing. Uh, but again, it depends on the environment and how people perceive it. Uh, so in a workplace right now, if you label someone with mental health, it could be negative. Mm. But there are many companies out there who have changed the stance. Uh, I think many MNCs have also uh, prioritized mental health and they've actually allowed you know, a, a better environment for everybody to work with. Uh, so you don't see any more uh, tables and chairs and computer kind of setup. You know, it becomes a bit more dynamic, allows people to move around, allows people to, 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 you know, to, to do things slightly differently at their, at their own comfort level. So, uh, sorry, going back to this idea of being labelled, yeah, there's positivity and there's negativity of it. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's really about how we want to uh, go about with this. Uh, you know, this will be a problem for the longest time. We will start to label everybody with something. It could be race, it could be religion. Uh, mental health issues is now one of them. The only problem is that currently the environment that we want to change is that stigmatization where if you have mental health issue, you're either crazy, uh, you could be violent, or in, in certain parts of, of, of Singapore, people will say, oh, you, you are actually possessed. <laughs> uh, you, you laugh, yeah, but you know, that's, that's how easy people label things. Yeah. And, and I think this is something that we could avoid. Why? Because if we could remove that label and we see that someone with that label actually needs help and we provide that help, I think that is the way forward. I've, not, I've no problem with labels, just how people perceive it and how people use it. I can, I can label something for, for the good or I can label something for the bad. So, it, it, it really how uh, people uh, actually make use of this information that they have. Uh, so, you know, so this becomes an issue too, right? Because when you, people know that, that it could be a label, they might not want to share that they have mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be worse. Mm -hmm. So as a whole of society approach, I think it's about time we gain, give acceptance. Because the moment we give acceptance, uh, and we know that uh, we can provide help. I think it will be a much more caring society that we have. Mm. Uh, a society that will support one another. It is very idealistic, I know. But we are in the right direction. We've already created touch points, many more touch points. GPs, polyclinics are now accessible points. Schools now have peer supporters. Mm. And I think, I believe at the workplace now, we're also including peer supporters. Mm. So I think these are uh, something that is positive. Of course, you can have peer supporters that do nothing or you can have peer supporters that do something. But regardless, I think we're on the right track. Uh, we are starting. So I'm just being an optimistic person to say that with the right uh, support, with the right platform, I think we can get there. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know whether I answered the question again. Yeah, I, I think yeah. It, it, hits, it hits the nail on the spot about... Uh, Especially the thing about being labelled, I think it's a, it's a good and a bad thing. It's, it's, it's all about perception and how you, you... At the end of the day, it's all about education, like you said earlier. So when, when my children are at a young age, they are taught to be accepting of uh, people with mental health. Then when, when they grow up, I believe they'll be a more responsible uh, person to, to accept uh, people with such issues. Indeed, indeed. Yep. Yeah. So um, maybe, Humping, you want to... Uh, do you have anything to add about being labelled or...? Mm, I guess I wanted to ask, you talked about, I mean, you shared about the whole of society's yeah. approach. Right? I think that's a wonderful way. It's got to be the, the way to tackle it. La, Correct. Right? Yeah. Um, how do you think we as a society sit now in terms of stigmatization, you know, 
uh, assessment of a mental health situation in Singapore? How do you think we compare to other countries? Yeah. Is it a very long way to go? What, ah, what are your, yeah. so, your so, for me, I don't know about you. One thing yeah. I learned about this pandemic, don't compare with other countries. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we have to accept, we have to accept the fact that Singapore just work differently than others. Mm. We have things that work that the rest are struggling with. And uh, if we start comparing with the rest of the world, I think it's unfair because we have different demographics in the first place. Not many countries in the world have this many multiracial kind of, you know, uh, community. That already differs us from the rest because some of them is just between two major yeah. kind of uh, groups mm. uh, that is easily stigmatized and, you know, they have e their own issues. Or it could be, you know, uh, in, in many ways, uh, when we compare with other countries, it's just different from the onset. Uh, studies, for example, we have a different way. In Singapore, all our children have access to education. Mm. It's a matter of whether we send or not, right? Mm. Uh, but having said that, other countries, they don't. And that could be their source point for mental health issues. Mm. So to me, I, I try to avoid uh, comparing with other countries. I think it gets us nowhere when we start to compare. But I believe in looking at ourselves. You know, one of the reasons really because I, I was a track and field hurdler, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I was... Uh, so in track and field, yeah, you have that hurdles you got to cross. And these are hurdles I often hit, you know. Uh, but the thing about in track and field is that, and then as athlete, it's always about improving yourself. The barriers will always be there and it's your own barriers. It's a matter of how you clear it yourself, how you manage your pace, mm -hmm. and how you improve your timing. Mm -hmm. and it's always about you. When you change that aspect, of you, somehow things will get better. And and rarely, you know, in track and field, we compare with who's first, second, and third anymore. Because if you do your best, mm. your personal best, that should be enough. And if you end up being third, so be it. That's your personal best. So I think that's something that we must have that mindset, you know, whenever we do things. Mm. Stop comparing with others. <laughs> Maybe that could be the first. Uh. Mm. Don't compare with others. I mm. think that is, is something that we must be mindful of. As long as we do our best, we put our heart in it, I think it's not a problem. So in the context of mental health and in other countries, I would say that we are on the right track. Mm. Uh, but here's the thing, we are a very diverse community, you know? Mm. And, and uh, we may be different from other countries also because some other countries, they have a, a higher number of youth, for example, as compared to the elderly, or it's about the same. Mm. But for us, it's very clear that we are an elderly population. We are growing older and we don't getting many babies, <laughs> you know? per year anymore. In fact, we have half that. Something that uh, I assume we are all doing our, our, our part. We're uh, doing our duty. duty uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but the idea is this. The idea is that with, with, with these lesser numbers of Singaporeans and the aging population, clearly our approaches will be, have to be quite varied. Uh, the recent study by, I think it was MOH or NCS, I can't remember, it showed that the group that was the most affected was not the elderly, was not those who are in the mid- uh, in their midlife, but actually those who are youth from 19 to 40. Mm. And, and, and really this group is the one that uh, I believe why they are more is because they know more about mental health issues. Mm. So the moment they know more, they can ask for help. Whereas the previous groups, you know, when they have mental health issues last time, they just go on with it, mm. get on with it. Uh, it's a different uh, generation. Different generations have different challenges, different ways to approach things. So I think this current generation, we are more private on mental health issues and that's why we see a lot more and it's a good thing because we want to address these mental health issues itself okay the answer the question again yes yes uh, obviously awesome, awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes. yeah yeah so about stigma um uh, uh, fighting stigma of mental health yeah i think that's a that's one of the biggest things we have to yeah. do right yeah. i mean you said do our best yes i mean that's correct. really something we do have to do our best in yeah, yeah. All of us, right? Not just from yeah. the government. And, uh, and, and stop comparing. Stop comparing. I, I, think, I think for this whole of society approach to happen, it's very idealistic. First, we've got to stop comparing with others. So as parents, uh, please stop comparing uh, between <laughs> other children and stop comparing between your children. I think I, I, I face that problem too. You know, I compare between my children. I would say the first one is more studious. The second one is a bit more playful. But they actually have their own traits altogether. Mm. Uh, the third one uh, has dyslexia. Same like me, I have dyslexia. And, 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 you know, we all have our own issues and, and it's not fair to compare and make sure that everybody belongs to a certain level. Yeah. I, I think, to me, if I can give the advice, stop comparing. Lah. 
uh, especially for parents with your children. I think what you want them is to have a holistic education to make sure that uh, their talents are being optimized. And this is the beauty about the education system in Singapore, you know. Uh, last time, right, you wouldn't have courses like sports science. I wouldn't get a job, you know. <laughs> uh, who would have thought that now we have so many courses out there, so varied, and it suits different personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the arts itself has its own different uh, kind of uh, uh, branches on its own. So I think that, that that idea of allowance for different opportunities for success, yeah. I think this is a fantastic move again. Because previously, if you don't do well, they say you go join engineering course or something like that. You know? And I remember when I, I was doing my, uh, poly, I was deciding whether to go poly or, or, or not and on what course that I wanted to take. My parents said, just take engineering, you know. Uh, it's the safest and probably get you a job. <laughs> I, I didn't like it. I, I mean, I through it. Uh, but sometimes when you find your passion, it drives you further. And for me, it really helped me a lot uh, because it, it, it got me my degree, a good degree, and eventually pushed me for my PhD. Mm. So I would say that uh, it's important that we, we take this all into perspective, this understanding that we want to maximize every potential. And, and in Singapore, we allow that. We allow for that different opportunities to, 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 to strive. Uh, so, so don't compare parents, you know. I, I would say that would be the number one thing. We do not have to add pressure to our kids. Mm. It's really about getting them to be their best. Yeah. And I'd rather have them to have you know, strong values mm. rather than anything else. So recently at my EduSafe Awards, you know, you talk to all the parents, they're so proud their kids got the award. And I talked to the opportunity to, to remind them, you know, uh, success doesn't come on its own. Mm. And it's really the people around them. So we want to people to remember that there is a network of support. Yep. And I always remind them, your parents are the universe around you. So turn around, give your parents a high five, you want to hug them, go ahead and say thank you, you know. These are small things that I think we as a society should push for. Mm. But sometimes we don't show our love too much. Mm especially for our kids and everything like that. So I think it, as a societal approach, I think there's a lot of layers to it, but it all starts from you and it all starts here. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> okay. okay. Wow. <laughs> we, we didn't pay Dr. Wan Rizal to say this. No. <laughs> this is free. This is free. I'll charge later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, Dr. Wan, uh, much has been done to fight stigma and mental health conditions. You know, like there's a... Uh, um, campaign beyond the labor campaign and various other program. So, what else do you think can be done to normalize mental health? Uh, besides, you know, educating, you know, like pushing all these campaigns out. Um, what we or ordinary people uh, can do to support this? Uh, I think first and foremost, I think we on our own create our own support networks. People look up to us. You know, you have your own family that look up to you. You have your own family that you can which is on its own an organic support network. Mm. It's really about strengthening each support network and that support network becomes a very strong network on its own. But it's very idealistic because not everybody is as lucky to have a support system. Some do not have a support system. So this is where groups can come in to offer support. So recent, we just spoke to someone who, who, who champions on, on widows, right? Mm, yeah. Giving support for widows. So there is always an avenue for us to create support groups for, for niche groups themselves. Like for you guys, you are focusing on maybe on, on those who are working, right? Mm. Uh, something like along, along those lines. I thought that was, that was good because uh, th these are avenues for people to go to. So I mentioned earlier, each of us will have content that would suit certain groups of people. Uh, and we won't know until these, pe and until these people emerge and, and they join you in. So for me, it's good to continue to have. So campaigns like what we've been doing beyond the labor, I, I, I support them 100%. I think it's great that uh, they are the first movers for destigmatization. Uh, can we do more? I think we can do more collectively, of course. Mm. Uh, but it's not easy because, again, because we have to understand that every person, every person is unique. And we if we keep that in mind, that every person is unique, that means we need to have varied groups of support needed. Mm. And I'm very open if there are many groups out there who are, uh, who are supporting. Mm. Uh, it's now a matter of getting these groups to also come together uh, on their own eventually. Uh, so to me, it's, it's really about how we strengthen that support network on our own. So start with the families, start with the groups that need niche helps. Uh, and, and think that's the only way to move forward. Mm. Campaigns are nice. I tried that campaign uh, last October, uh, 4522 many, 
because we had 452 suicides mm. and I thought it was a bit too high and I thought it's time that we put a stamp to it mm. and I, but I didn't want to address suicide as it is I think it goes beyond that to say suicide is very simplistic it's really about understanding the mental health issues in Singapore raising that awareness so that we can create a community that cares and loves for one another that understands issues and we can help each other to, to grow in that sense Yep, that, that, that covers. Yeah. I guess earlier, thanks for that. I mean, earlier you said like, you know, everybody has a kind of context, right? Some, for example, if you're a youth, you need to find help in that certain area. For us, we, we talk to people, you know, from, from university to working adults yep. across a whole range of problems. Some of them, right. I mentioned breakout, burnout, some of them going through grief, yep. some of them going through mental illness as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of people. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of initiatives out there. I'm just wondering, you know, how do you see all these initiatives come together and fit in with what the government is doing? Yeah, so I think the government have yeah. done a good job. Uh, for example, I think there's a Youth Connect, correct? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that gets all the youths together and we, they tackle the mental health issue. So my parliamentary colleague, uh, Mr. Eric Chua, does that. He hates that. And I think he has been doing a good job in, in getting these youths together. So these youth groups come together and you see a very big platform. If I'm not wrong, you know, about 2,000? Or more, right? Mm. Yeah, come, yeah. So I think this is a very good initiative. So, of course, that's what we can do. We can bring together. I think that's what the government is. Mm. They, can, they can bring people together. Uh, and I, I do believe that it's also about people wanting to come forward and wanting to work together. You know, some of the groups are quite uh, resistant. Mm. But I hope they would change the stance. Uh, but generally in Singapore, I've talked to so many groups. They are all so open to work with one another, you know, because yes. they are, yeah. because we are as well. <laughs> because at the end of the day, we are serving one community, you know, yeah, and we only want the best for that community. And and that's why I see that this group that I'm with so far at the mental health space, uh, I see fantastic groups who who are out there wanting to help people and they're willing to work together. Again, it's a matter of who is willing to go around and meet each and one of them and and pull them in. Mm. Yeah. Because everybody is so busy on their own. Mm. Uh, but I do believe that. I think the government can do a good job. I think um, the government on its own, I think Eric is also doing a good job in doing that to, to get people together. Uh, so I hope with that, uh, we can move forward. Hmm. The other thing that I probably want to put forth is that actually there is now a task force that looks into mental health. Hmm. And I think this is something first started out as a pandemic kind of mental health task force. But eventually they understand that because mental health issues is so wide ranging and because so many ministries are involved, I think they uh, have gone forward uh, to expand their scope and their roles. And I'm very happy to uh, ask for updates last, uh, last time around. And they were able to share with us the updates that they have, that they are trying to open up a bit more. Uh, a lot more platforms will come in uh, online and offline. I think this is something that I look forward. Uh, it's not, I think it's in, it's in progress, so, uh, but I'm hopeful, you know, I'm, I'm an optimist. So I really hope that the government can get this going and we can get more support out there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So um, maybe um, on the theme of um, like like you, w working culture, mm. yeah. So so um, you know I, I read this article uh, in Forbes magazine. They, they they wrote that the Singapore government actually creates policies that put people first, uh, and employees that create more human centered work cultures that uh, put put us first lah. So Singapore provides a, 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 a good model for mental health uh, that nations of all sizes should inspire to be. Like you said, we cannot compare. But since Forbes magazine has already said we are up there, so with such validation, do you feel that there's an increased pressure on the government to see that these uh, initiatives uh, which you mentioned earlier succeed? So so, so I just want to add a bit. Lah. So whenever I see a comparison table or... The table itself and you see Singapore on top I think rest assured that we are not staying there and just stay there you know mm. I think that's when the idea of personal best comes in mm. we wanting to improve all the time I think that's important that's why groups like you guys makes it happen because you all are advocating you come forward to us and you tell us the issues that we need to push in parliament and this is how it, it continuously becomes number one you see it doesn't become number one just because it's number one we don't it's, rest on our laurels la. exactly no but <laughs> the most important that we had support from the ground to give us the inputs yes. and i think this is important so the whole of society approach cannot be just one entity pushing forward yep. it doesn't work that way so when you compare with forbes um, now that i hear it i think it's quite quite good to know but i think we can do more <laughs> i think we can of course do more because we are different on our own mm. 
the good thing is that we are now getting more acceptance of mental health issues. Uh, people also on their own, they value, you know, last time for maybe my parents, it's just about work and, and providing for the family. But times have moved and changed. And, and, and now you will see people, yes, I want to work, I want to provide for the family, but I want also to have family time, you know. And these are the changes that, that, that I see is very meaningful on its own. Mm. Uh, because if everybody has that mindset, we can move forward better yeah okay so we are going to get I some think, questions yeah, maybe yeah. We, we, we we before we uh, sort of uh, give you uh, the last questions maybe we can just tackle some of the question which appears on our in your facebook page i think there is something about i think there's an interesting mm. is it okay if i jump in yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead As, uh, somebody said i agree with you on comparing with kids i mean that's, that's awesome right yeah especially um, when you have four kids <laughs> <laughs> what about comparing Amongst amongst working force, the comparisons with each other, especially on the material front. Yeah, so I think uh, this is one of the issues I actually brought up in Parliament. I asked about uh, this ranking thing, but not really ranking. I, I, it's really about that whole process uh, of uh, that performance, you know, review. Right, they go through this mm, performance, yes, performance review. review. And I'm also happy to know that we've changed that. You know, mm. it's no longer a one-on-one. -on -one, I don't like you. I put you down. Yeah. It's now what we call a 360 approach. Mm. So it's not like I, I talk to my boss and he gives me that grade. Now it goes across laterally to my colleagues who work with me. Mm. And so you're also at the same time peer reviewed. And I think this is a fantastic move uh, moving forward. Uh, not every company is adopting that yet. But I think if we go into that direction, uh, I think that's something positive. Mm. So I'm, I'm happy to see lots of changes. And suddenly the changes are coming thick and fast. You know, Again, it won't take effect straight away. Uh, because you know there'll be a point where... Uh, people are not used to this 360 kind of uh, arrangement. But eventually, when we get it right, this, this particular 360 assessment, it will definitely reduce the idea of uh, that pressure, that kind of stress. I, I think the yeah. public service are the one leading that, uh, if I'm not wrong, uh, under PSD. So yep. PSD is the one who is uh, sort of implement this 360 uh, peer evaluation. Yep. I, I think that's fantastic because now it's no longer mm. uh, a top-down mm. kind of approach. It's really something more beyond that. And it's good to know, right, whether you're working or not from your friends. <laughs> mm. Uh, because that's where it is. If you all work together as a team, and then as a team, you, you, you should see that. Yeah. So, so I, I'm all for it. I'm very happy to, to know that all these things are happening. Yeah. I think maybe we just tackle, there's one, uh, one question on mental state of caregivers. I think caregivers yep. actually is quite important. Uh, people, uh, you know, mm. people with uh, mental health issues, caregivers are also one of the most important people. Yep. So, um, do you think uh, we, we can provide more um, emotional and financial support for caregivers? Are, are there avenues? Uh, so, just last Saturday, I, I had, a, a, I had a, a caregivers workshop. So basically, our target audience were caregivers, and we shared with them how to uh, manage themselves, how to, you know, uh, not just on the mental health aspect, it's really about providing them with uh, support, avenues for support. In fact, there's none, there's, there's not, uh, I wouldn't say there's, there's, uh, there's enough out there right, right now to actually help. So, for example, at our site, because I have a lot of elderly, mm. our agency for integrated care, EIC, they connect well with our elderly residents. And I think they do a good job in understanding the elderly because when you have an elderly, most likely you have a caregiver. And, and this is where it comes uh, important because sometimes they need some time out, you know, as a caregiver because they'll be there all the time and it could be difficult for them. So I agree with you that the mental state of caregiver is something that uh, probably needs a lot more focus on, but it has always been there and it's always been uh, addressed in, in that sense because there are groups out there like the EIC who does this. And I see now more groups out there going and visiting elderly and providing them with support. So we talk about a whole society approach, right? This is exactly what it is. We, we need to give each other that, that support. One of the things I noticed that caregivers need is actually a support network. Uh, not only for them to air their, you know, frustration or renting, but beyond that, they actually need help to maybe even group buy or someone to buy things for them. Mm. And because they don't have time for all this, you know, they need to look after the elderly and they really have to find time to do a lot of things. And I think more than just emotional and financial support is to provide that holistic support that we can give them. Because we have to understand what, what do they really need. 
they need time off kind of support. So we need to help them with some respite in between. We need to provide them with uh, maybe uh, help them with the groceries, for example, as simple as that, you know. Mm. So maybe that whole block, we can come up with a system where uh, we know we have a caregiver who is very busy. We can we can get a neighbor to adopt or befriend them and 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 just ask, you want to buy, I'm going to the supermarket, you want me to buy anything for you? It can be as simple as that. Mm. And I think it goes back to the basics of how you want our society to, to, to continue. Uh, we, we do have that, to be honest, in our community, we do have people who are already doing that. But can we do more? I, I think we can. Uh, this is something that I think we can, we can raise further, uh, maybe in the upcoming parliament, uh, when we come to budget again. Yeah, so, so thanks for raising that. Then there's one, I think, from your Facebook, um, which state that, uh, Richard Chung, how can we extend the outreach to people who, who has loved ones with special needs? to care for in terms of mental health, accessibility and infrastructure. I feel that this has been a blind spot other than SG Enable and SNTC. There has been tasks, but there could be still much to be done. How can we help them? Yeah, so you are absolutely right. So there are agencies out there already who are doing it. But as you know, uh, the agencies are also limited by resources. Uh, it's not that they don't have enough or they don't have... Uh, for every For every... Uh, issue that we have, I think there are always resources that we need to spread out. And when it comes to this kind of uh, uh, issues, uh, it's not uh, one person to a hundred kind of case, you know, because it's something that needs to be a bit more uh, smaller in, in the sense that one person may oversee two or three or four cases rather than in, in large numbers. And we do have large numbers in need for support. Uh, my, my GRC colleague, uh, Mayor Denise Poa, she's an advocate for, for special needs. Mm -hmm. And I think she has, for the longest time, been providing support for special needs. She, create, she, she has started uh, a number of initiatives. Uh, in fact, she was definitely one of those movers for special needs itself. Uh, and she has always raised this issue because she, she knows how important the caregivers are and the amount of stress that the caregivers go through. And I think it's something that even on the parliamentary side, we've not stopped asking and asking for more. Uh, it's a matter of how we can actually provide more as a society. So this is where I think we have to come out again and say, do we want to make change to happen? Can we, do, are there groups out there who want to, to start something and help out? I, I think these are all something that we can work together with. Uh, maybe we see too many groups that are focusing on, on certain groups. Maybe we can actually tell each other, hey, now we need a group that that needs to focus on different groups. Mm. Do we have them? Uh, maybe they do, but they don't have that kind of exposure or the experience or the manpower. Then that's when I think it's good to see an organic build-up of certain mm. things. I know I sound very arty, farty and, and very optimistic, but I think it really starts here, you know, how we want to move forward with it. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, but, but really, it's how we want to get this going. Uh, again, this is where the government has come in uh, a lot. Uh, on that front. Uh, so MSF has, has always been the forefront of this and I think uh, we will get to hear more and, and see more uh, in the upcoming parliament sittings as, as caregiver issues uh, remain topmost in our, many of our minds. Uh. Mm. Uh, but we do welcome more suggestions if you have any. I think it's good that, that platforms like this invite questions but at the same time if we can have more suggestions at the same time something that I, I would greatly appreciate mm. so we can bring this forth and, and work together and, and get something out of it. Um, yeah, I think there's a maybe just we, we just uh, get one more question from the Facebook. Yeah. Um, we should give more support for foreign domestic worker mental well-being. Mm. So I think we, we have um, yeah. a project. We're project. starting a new project, going to talk to migrant, migrant brothers out there. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, my parliamentary colleague, Louis Ng, uh, he's an advocate for migrant workers. Uh, he's in the forefront of talking about migrant worker issues and providing them support. And I think uh, we are supportive of him, of course. And I think he has raised very pertinent issues in parliament. And uh, we've, we've received responses. But I think what we want to do is to push that needle a bit more to make sure that they get the support. Uh, but granted, you know, because of the current pandemic situation, we know that it's a bit more restrictive for them. Uh, more than ever. But we hope, you know, just like everywhere else, uh, with the easing of uh, restrictions, I think hopefully things will get back to the norm. Mm. Uh, so, so you are right. So we do need to... So mental 
wellness. Uh, I don't want to put it to one group. In fact, everybody needs it. Yeah. Mm. But for us to address the problem, uh, if we take it per group, can. We need that. But we really need to start from us, ourselves, and how we manage each and every one. Mm. I, I tell you, I give you an example. I'm a town council chairman at the same time. I have about 300 migrant workers who help to clean the blocks and all that. And, and I'm very grateful and very for them, but I'm very heartened when I hear from them, you know, that they receive uh, wishes from our residents, uh, when they, you know, the residents treat them as one of their own. Mm. But not everybody treats all of them the same. Mm. But if we can have that kind of support system, you know, that guy cleans the block every day, right? How, why is it so difficult for us just to say hi? Yeah. You know, sometimes you got something extra, just give to them. You know, if you really are serious about trying to help groups, it really starts from each and every one of us. And how we perceive that caring society that we truly believe in. Mm. And, and, and I, I am very... So when I talk to my uh, migrant workers and they share with me, oh, some of the neighbours actually brought them oranges, you know. So they have a lot of oranges now with them. Oh. Uh, so because I was giving them oranges for <laughs> Chinese New Year, I said, oh, sir, we actually have quite a lot. Oh, really? But they, but they don't mind it because this is the kind of support system that they have. Mm. You know, they, they've been away from their families for a good two years, you know, some of them. Yeah. They, they work almost every day at, at each of these towns that we have. And every time there is an issue, they'll be the first you know, to, to clean up, they'll be the first to do something about it. And, and I do feel that we can do more for them, you know. And I, I know there are groups out there like the uh, MYF, uh, Muslim Youth Forum, who are going to come out with some... Uh, uh, thank you for our migrant workers also. And I think these are something good. All of us can do something about it. I'm glad that you guys are also going to go into it. Because there's, for, for, for love and support, there can never be a limitation. So I think just go out there. Hmm. Go out there and help. Uh, if, you, if you want to engage my workers, our migrant workers in our neighbourhood, I'm more than happy to, to get you guys in touch. Hmm. Because I, I think it's really important that we provide them with the support. So I was very happy to, you know, uh, to meet each and every one. Mm. I felt it was important the other day to just meet everyone and just to check on them. Mm. And that's what you can do too, you know, in your own block. Yeah. He's uh, technically your neighbour, you, know? yep. yeah. you know. And, and it's really how we change our perception on them mm. also. Mm. So I, these are my, uh, are my honest thoughts. I, I know it might sound a bit optimistic, a bit idealistic, but I think if we all go in that direction, I think uh, mental health as its own, when we create that society, it will be a much better place. Hmm. Yeah. We, we have one last question before we, we end. Um, you know, do what, because this, this podcast is about the labelled life. So, what's your advice for those who are suffering mental health conditions and to those living the labelled life? Uh, I, I, I would say I live the labelled life too, you know. I, I grew up as one very naughty child, student. I can never get myself to, to do things in class. I'm one of the first students the teacher would actually school because I couldn't control myself. But then I found out that over time, it's really because I was dyslexic. And then certain words are a problem to me. But over time, I, I've learned to just read it. Yeah. Uh, but we, people will label us for many things in life. Uh, and we we will always remember always remember that we we don't you know we don't uh, not everybody can relate to us not everybody can see your perspective and I think this is something that uh, we have to somehow accept uh, but who can accept us the people around us so for for me my advice is for those who are in that labelled life it's really about getting your support system strong that network that you have. Uh, and, and strengthen that because at the end of the day you don't care what people see it's really the people around you uh, I'll give you an example uh, I've been labelled to right also recently for many other things but when I get back home and I see my children and I see my family and my wife giving me the support that's all I need that's all I need to fight the world from whatever negativity that comes my way so my advice is get your support network up. Find that group of people that you're willing to work with, uh, willing to open up to, and, and, and you don't have to go far. Sometimes it's just your parents, but if your parents are not there, it's really the people around your, your family. Mm. And of course, there are trusted friends out there that you can 
uh, you know, there'll be brothers out there who will fight for you all the way. You know. It's really about finding those people out there. Uh, so I hope uh, you all go in that direction. We can find that, that true support network that will be our cornerstone, our foundation uh, in our lives. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I think, I think that's a very good advice from Dr. Wan. Hmm. Um, and yeah, we've come to the end uh, of the uh, se uh, session. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, to, to say that, you know, we are, we are proud that we, you, you are here to share with us um, about mental health, uh, about the mental health landscape in Singapore, as well as uh, you being uh, the lab, uh, being labelled. So oh. thank you so much. Yep, yep. Yep. So um, I, I, me and Hun Ping would like to thank all of you, all the viewers mm. out there, uh, for tuning in. Uh, but just remember, we are. It all starts here. Hakim, can I can I just do a, yeah. one last bit? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Please maybe. Do. Yeah. Maybe because maybe of the, uh, Chinese the, the New Year, right? So ah. allow me to just wish. All our Chinese uh, audiences, Sinian Kuala, Wan Surui, Shanti Chengkang, Kongsi Fachai. Wow, that's that's a mouthful. I, I can't reach. I only know Kongsi Fachai only. Oh, <laughs> I think your Chinese and, better than mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Itian <laughs> <laughs> now. Okay, so thank you, Dr. Wan. Thank you so much for having us okay, um, today. So, uh, as well, uh, we also would like uh, all our listeners out there, we'd like to wish you all also the same. Hmm. Uh, Kongsi Fa Chai, Wan Shi Rui. Am I correct? Uh, you're so, there, you're there. Go ahead. Don't so, stop. happy holidays, guys. So, mm. thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and if you have any other questions, please feel free to uh, just uh, put it into the comments of Dr. Wan. Uh, maybe he can answer it. Uh, no, if we have not uh, tackled that question. So, thank you so much once again, Dr. Wan, uh, for being here. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. I hope it was a uh, Useful insightful. Of course, it was a definitely a, a, a great uh, conversation. Hmm. Uh, I think we, we, we learned a thing or two about, I think that the audience as well, I think, learned a, a thing or two about uh, mental health landscape uh, in Singapore hmm. yep, okay. and where the avenues are to, to, to seek help. Yep. Hmm. So, so thanks, thanks. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. Awesome. So stay safe, keep well. Hmm. Happy holidays. Kong si fa chai. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Labelled Life Podcast, a podcast by eallstartshere.sg. You can follow eallstartshere.sg on our Instagram and Facebook. And remember, our earbuds are always here for you if you need a listening ear.